0: This is marketing then and now a talk and tell with bozo where we talk with experts about trends and practices current and tried and true and we tell you how to implement them in your own marketing strategies it's marketing then and now now Hi, right, well hello my name is jim mingy i am the host of marketing then and now and i am really excited let me tell you why i'm excited because this is our debut episode the first the first podcast of marketing then and now and my first guest is Mike Galoon. He is the Director of Strategic Communications at Bozell. Mike, you are the first guest on the first episode of Marketing Then and Now. How are you feeling?
1: I'm good, Jim. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to strategically communicate with you today.
0: Are you nervous? Because you can, don't mess this up, man. This is the first one. We have to make this good because oh. you only get one shot to get listeners. You know, there's so many podcasts out there. If we don't really nail this... You know they're gone.
1: I mean, a little bit. I've, you know, this is some pretty heavy equipment we got in front of us here. So pretty professional stuff. You like this studio? Yeah. I love yeah. It. See, a
0: couple of mics. We've got some some foam uh, squares here to uh to condense the sound. I mean, this is this is pro all the way. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I got my water. I got my cough drops. I'm all set. Okay.
0: okay. All, right. all right. Well, here we go. Um We've invited Mike here today. He's going to talk about the ever-changing landscape of media. It's changed a lot over the last 10, 20 years, and it changes every day. You guys all know that. We're going to focus on the last 10 years, though, specifically. We're going to look at some of the most significant and challenging changes over that time. Um, Mike, last week we we talked about uh, this episode and what we would be talking about. Um, We started talking about... uh, Streaming services and Netflix and cable and then going back to the VCR. I don't know how we got that far back into time, but we started talking about VCRs and Blockbuster. Um, and for all you kids out there, Blockbuster was a, uh, a video rental where you had to go <laughs> rent a movie uh, and watch it on a videotape on your video VCR at home. Uh, streaming, cable, none of that had been invented yet. Well, they had cable. But uh, it, it was, you, you told a story about movie night, movie night in the galoon house. I, I thought that was uh, an interesting way to kick this off as we talk about how media has changed over the last 10 years.
1: Yeah, well, I was thinking about movie night in the galoon house these days is going home on a Friday night, maybe ordering some Chinese and then you pull up Netflix or Hulu or whatever and it's all right there. Um, but Back in, say, I don't know, 1987, 88. The 80s. Taking us back to the 80s. Back in the 80s. I remember vividly American Tale was a new movie that was out. It was really wanted to see it. And uh, my dad, we didn't have a VCR at the house we lived in. I don't think a lot of people didn't have VCRs, I presume. I don't know. But we didn't have one. Um, So we would rent the VCR from the video store. So I remember going to... What was it? 8th Street Video in Colorado Springs, Colorado, renting the VCR with my dad, and then coming home with this massive VCR box in the American Tale VHS. And that was movie night. (laughs) You just set up the VCR, put the movie in, and then you watched it. And it's not a whole lot different from watching a movie these days as far as enjoying it, but it was a thing. You know, it was a big thing back then. It was an event. You had to rent the VCR. And today, what, 30-some years later, it's really not that long, and it's completely different. You've got a remote control, and you can watch almost anything ever recorded <laughs> in history on your TV, either for free or just for paying a few bucks, um, because your TV right now is just a massive computer. And it's... Uh, it's pretty cool it's it's it, it's a much better system we have now and it's much much easier to watch um all kinds of stuff but I, it, there's a little bit of the romance of that that's been kind of taken away from uh, from us because sometimes you sit down on netflix and you can watch a million things you can go to amazon prime and watch all kinds of stuff you can pull up youtube and you still sit there for Forty-five minutes. My wife and I still can't figure out what to watch. Sometimes. It's overwhelming. There's, it is. There's too many choices. Way too many choices. When you went to the video store, you'd see there was five or six new release movies. You would choose one of them. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. It was much easier. I wonder if you. I wonder if Netflix is streaming American Tale right now.
1: I sure hope so. It, uh, I remember it made me cry. You know, us it talking was, about this, yeah, it, it's, it, it's gonna
0: be. There's gonna be a spike in 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 the in the streams of that movie if it's still available. How would you rate it? How many stars? Um, out of five.
1: I would say, as far as animated Spielberg films, I'd say it's a five. Yeah. It's
0: okay, good. that's big rating. You yeah. heard it here here first. Yeah. marketing then and now. that so that was then. Um, let's talk about some now. Let's talk about some of the uh, some of the lessons you've learned over the last ten years in media. Um, lots of directions we could go. that's pretty broad. Let's focus on phones. Um, let's talk about how phones have changed over the last ten years. Uh, and how that's presented challenges for you as uh, maybe, maybe focusing on media buying uh, and advertising on, on phones. Um, maybe talk about the Well, and not just challenges, but opportunities too. maybe talk about some of the challenges and the opportunities that uh, marketing uh, to the, the smartphone generation uh, has presented for you working in media.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's um, it is both. It's a ton of challenges, but it's a ton of opportunities, too. I mean, I'd say 10 years ago, um, the average client we had might be putting 5 to 10% of their dollars into digital media, and of that, 15 to 20% was mobile, I don't know, roughly. Um, because even 10 years ago, smartphones weren't, it's not like everybody had a really good smartphone on them. There were still a lot of people with flip phones um, in the, even the late 2000s. And today that's totally changed. Um, and the thing that goes along with phones, it's not just putting, cause a lot, of, a lot of the advertising is still very similar. Or we had display banners on, you know, regular desktop digital computers. We still have those in mobile. It's just that we're able to target so much better because with the rise of mobile phones, people have at the same time spent much more time on social media. And the more time you spend on social media and the more time you spend on mobile internet in general, the more information you are giving to companies to help um, agencies like us market to you. So, you know, um, before the rise of the phone, you didn't necessarily have as avid of a followership on Yelp. People weren't using Yelp as much. People, Snapchat didn't even really exist. People, we're using Facebook, but it was um, not not as much as they do now where they're on their phones constantly. It was more of a destination thing where you'd sit down on your computer, update your Facebook profile, upload photos from your camera. Um, today, it's you have instant access to social media on your phone. And all of that information, all that data that marketers have been able to collect because of that. Have just made us that much smarter, and um, at least made our instruments that much smarter, and the ability to target people. Um, but it, I don't think it's fundamentally changed why we actually market something. We're still trying to reach people. We're still we still have to understand the consumer behind that phone and what they want, what they read, what they watch, what they listen to, um, and why they want to buy your product or use your service or come to your store. Those are still things that haven't changed in a hundred years. You still have to understand who your consumer is. Phones have just made it that much um, easier for marketers to target those very specific people. So as we've gotten more and more choices, as as consumers have received more and more choices from phones, from Netflix, from all this content that's available to watch and consume, um, that's just made it that much easier for marketers to target very specific people. Um, so we can be much more, um, focused on a very specific consumer, um, and create a very specific message tailored to that consumer where we couldn't do that as much 10, 15 years ago, before the rise of specifically, uh, mobile phones and social media. So you you say
0: it's easier to target uh, those consumers because you know a lot more about them, but is it, is it also easier for them uh, to ignore ads these days? I mean, what kind of challenges does that present?
1: I think one thing, you know, you think about to 1987 when watching American tail on the couch um, you know, my parents weren't distracted by a phone as they might've been watching this movie too. So the family were sitting there eating pizza watching a movie on the couch other than talking to each other or maybe someone had a magazine in their hands no one's actually got something to distract them from the actual film today anytime we're watching anything i would bet someone in the room is distracted by looking at their phone like last night i mean um i'm flipping between the bachelor I'm sad to say, Oh boy! and the election returns and, you know, I might look on my phone for 10 minutes and I have no idea what's going on on TV. You're completely distracted. So it does become that much harder to reach people. I mean, it's, it's really, it's, it's two sides of the same point. You are trying to, you have the ability to reach people in so many different ways, but people have the ability to ignore you in so many ways that they, they hadn't. Um, even just a few years ago because it's just so easy to get distracted. And I think as a society, we've become a bit um, addicted to our phones. We just can't. I'd say more than a bit. Yeah, uh, you're right. I mean, I don't think we want to admit how addicted we are to our phones. I think, um, I mean, get in an elevator these days. No one even makes eye contact right. with each other. Um, you ride a bus, you go to a sporting event, um, watch... You know, specifically watch young kids in restaurants. I mean, 12, 13-year-olds, there might be a table of like uh, a Little League baseball team and almost every one of them will be on their phone. It's, I think it, the, the impacts of it are very good in many ways for communication, but I think it's also made it that much more important for marketers to think about um, the people behind the phones even more because it's just harder and harder to reach them Um, But people are still people. They still crave that person-to-person connection, and you just can't get that completely on a phone. And I think it's made that um, even more important these days to be able to create an experience for a person that um, makes them feel alive rather than makes them feel like, um, you know, a computer.
0: You talked about uh, social media, uh, on phones. And I, and I, always wonder with, with your job, you know, as far as like you know, placing media, um, what kind of a challenges must you, do you have, uh, keeping up? I, I think, you know, okay. The, you know, you've got TikTok and Snapchat, and then you, you know, Facebook coming out with its version of TikTok, and lasso. I haven't even seen that. But I've just read about <laughs> it. So how, how do you keep up? I mean, every, every week there's a new social platform. That's the hot social platform. How do you know, you know, what, what dollar at ad dollars to throw at all these new fandangled you know, apps that are out there that everybody's watching. So you've yep. got, you can't just ignore it. How do you keep
1: up? You've got to stay up on it. You've got to, um, you've got to download the latest apps. You've got to use them yourself. You've got to understand how they work, why people are attracted to them, what makes them interesting, what makes them different from, um, you know, other specifically social apps. um, And that is something that you need to have a strong team to do. Um, You need to have people that are paying attention to it and people that are interested in that and that's a part of their life and it's something that they bring into work. So you need to keep up with it. You need to pay attention, but at the same time, you can't forget that people haven't necessarily fundamentally changed. People are still going to buy your product because it makes their life a little easier. People are still gonna come to your restaurant because they love the atmosphere and they really like your food. Um, That hasn't changed how you market to them and the length of your video spot might now be six seconds instead of 30, but it's still gotta do the same basic thing. It's still gotta introduce your product to that consumer. Um, So I think as much as you've got to stay up on top of uh, the latest technology, and I think a lot of companies are very good at that. I think there's fewer companies and there's fewer agencies that are thinking of what, you know, what does, um, what does our marketing need to do to influence um, consumers to take an action, to do something, to buy your product, to show up at your store, uh, to subscribe to your service. And I think that's what we as an agency um, need to do. We need to keep up on technology, but we also need to um, make sure, help our clients um, keep consumers top of mind. You've got to start with the customer. I mean, here at Bozell, we have CTCAs um, being close to the customer. So that's that's at the root of what we do. Um, and it, it needs to be. If not, you can create all the the advertising in the world and be on all the latest hottest pieces of technology. But if you don't understand who you're actually marketing to, you're just wasting your time.
0: You talked about, you said six seconds. So think about that. There, you know, commercials, you know, it started at 60 seconds, then they went down to, you know, then you got your 30 second spot, then you got your 15 second spot, then you got your five second spot. Will we ever see like a, a one second spot where you see, you see an image flash and that's it. That's your commercial.
1: I think so. Could that, um,
0: could that be effective?
1: I mean, I saw one last night uh, I in, watching The Bachelor. They had uh, um, the engagement, which I think only lasted about a month. But there was an engagement last night, and um, they, the, the Bachelor pulled out his ring, and he got down on one knee, and he opened the box, and the camera showed it for maybe a second, maybe a second and a half and the box opens up and it's got neil lane like neil lane jewelers mm-hmm. okay it's the box i'm like i i watched almost all of that show i didn't see any 30 second spots for neil lane jewelry in the show however neil lane himself was in there but the only time i saw a logo was this one second when he proposed i know he must have spent I'm sure he spent a lot of money to get into that. Oh
0: yeah, that's an expensive product placement. Exactly.
1: So product placement is right there. That, you know, um, that little spot, that little shot was probably more valuable and might sell more engagement rings for that company than um, any five, 15, 30 or 60 second spots ever would because they understood how many people were paying attention at that moment the emotions they felt um, you know there's just so much going into that so yeah i think depending on what it is i think you will see one two three second spots i think you see them already in product placement um i think if eventually you know i don't know if we thought a long time ago we'd see six second spots uh, on social media we have five-second spots that that run in TV still to this mm-hmm. day, and we have for quite a while. So, I think as consumers' attention spans continue to get shorter and shorter, if you can figure out a message that can get the point across in one second, two seconds, three seconds, sure, I don't I don't see why not. Um, especially the traditional media companies, you know, ABC. ESPN, some of those bigger ones that are still um, deliver a lot of the, the TV and the video inventory, they're going to figure out how to sell their product and their ad space to people. Um, and if that's what consumers are demanding and that's what companies are demanding, then they're gonna be selling those one, two, three second spots eventually.
0: I I I can't get over that you're a, a, this like bachelor uh, uh, fanboy, I, but we'll, we'll let that go. Maybe we'll I we'll save that for fanboy, another. Boy, I think. No, it sure, sounds like I'm you're a, a fanboy, huh? I'm a viewer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just the last. It sounds like of you're years. more than just a casual viewer.
1: Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's it's pretty well produced TV. I'll I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty engrossing. I'm sad to say. All right, to yeah. each their own. Yeah. Hey, yeah. all right. Well
0: this has been, uh, this has been insightful. I've got, you know, just a few more questions to wrap this up, uh, for this episode. This is what we call our quick three. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to end this with a, a quick three questions. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll close this out. Okay. So, all right. Tell me your favorite advertisement of all time.
1: You know, I don't know if it's my favorite advertisement, but it always sticks out to me. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, Chevy truck commercials with Bob Seger singing "Like a Rock." Uh-huh. I had I just thought that song was made for that commercial for like five years. And Come was, on, you didn't
0: know that it was Bob Seger. Well, I
1: eventually did, but I was I would be nine years old, watching a college football game. Yeah. I I usually it was like the Notre Dame Michigan game. It's the third quarter. It's a super intense game, and then ABC would break to commercial, and Chevy must have bought, I just a ton of ton of commercials in college football back in the 90s and that song would come on and i always knew i just associate that so strongly with watching a very intense exciting college football game with that like a rock song and it just always stuck and it's a very simple ad but i think the the music and the song and the shots of the chevy truck driving through the mountains yeah like you associated Chevy with, this is this is a cool truck and this is something this is a powerful strong vehicle, um, and that. But I don't know what's my favorite commercial of all time, but that's one that sticks out of those commercials. You just don't forget.
0: Oh, that was a good commercial. That, that was that was yeah. a good good uh, campaign. Yeah. Um, favorite social media platform? Twitter, Twitter, definitely. What, what's your Twitter handle?
1: Uh CP Mike eighty eight, which was. That was my uh, AOL Instant Messenger handle, back a long time ago. <laughs> Rest in way, peace.
0: We're going way back.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think Twitter is. I I love politics. I love sports. I love the news. Um, I think Twitter is fascinating for that. I love all the interaction you can get with um, reporters, and journalists, and athletes, and um, there's so much information you can find on on Twitter so quickly. And that's what I love about it. I think Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, they're, they're interesting, but I don't personally find them to be, I find them to be more, I would say just kind of kick back and you're just looking through photos and they're interesting. Um, but they tend to be more just mindless entertainment, but I'd say Twitter is just, um, If you want to know what's going on up to the minute um twitter is a great place to do that you want to know what's the latest on um you know any type of thing in politics or sports or news twitter's going to tell you pretty quickly you just need to be able to understand that not everything said on twitter is the truth and i think that's (laughs) that's a big thing it's a big conversation but it's not uh you can't take everything as gospel.
0: Wait, um, you you mean everything on Twitter isn't true? Yeah, isn't really? fact?
1: I know, right? It's pretty amazing.
0: You're but spoiling. It's
1: addicting. Stuff. It's an addicting thing, and it's it's definitely a time waster. But <laughs> it's the one uh, I definitely enjoy the most. Okay, social media.
0: All right, this last one's a tough one because I know how much you 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 uh, enjoy politics and following politics yeah. and uh, and have some strong opinions. We won't get into that, but. Here's the question: <clears throat> If you had to give up one, your phone or your right to vote, which would you give
1: up? Oh, my phone. Yeah. No, I mean, that's cheese, Jim. That's a tough question. That <laughs> really is it. I think. Yeah. I,
0: <laughs> but now, if you give up your phone, how are you going to say st- stay so connected to uh, you know? the latest races or polls or
1: it might make me a more informed voter. Honestly, let's, let's read the news story after everything has been been sorted out. And uh, I think there's still a ton of value in journalism and good journalism and good local newspapers, even though they are uh, having a really tough time. I think while the newspapers themselves might be folding, I don't think the, the value of, news and accurate information is going anywhere that's still going to be incredibly important i think um a lot of people aren't maybe valuing it as much as i think they should but um you know I, i think there's there's still a huge place for that so you can find information without your phone in fact i actually i think you know putting your phone down for for a day for you know only using it between, you know, let's say noon and 4 PM or something like that. Like the less time you spend with your phone, the more time you actually might find yourself enjoying yourself reading a book or watching a movie without a book. What's that? Talking to people. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Phones are great, but they are, they are pretty addicting.
0: Well, that wraps up our debut episode of Bozell's marketing then and now. What do you think?
1: Jim, this has been a pleasure.
0: It's a pretty good on. first
1: episode, yeah. you know,
0: yeah. getting our feet wet, getting into this podcasting thing. I know. I'm
1: know. i excited to come on again if, you'll, if you'll invite me. I,
0: I think this is going to be huge. And I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but you should consider when you're placing your next media buy, this is going to be a hot podcast. I mean, advertising on podcasts, but we'll, maybe we can talk about that next episode. Yeah. But that's a thing. I podcasts are hot, man.
1: I can't walk the dog without listening to a podcast. Uh-huh. so there I you love go. It. You're right. All right.
0: All right. Well, thank you. Join us for our next episode of Bozell Then and Now, where we're going to have another awesome guest from our very own Bozell. And you will want to tune into that. Thanks for joining us on Bozell Marketing Then and Now. Until next time, be cool out there and uh, be sure to tune us in for our next episode. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Bozell's Marketing Then and Now. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can listen to it anytime, anywhere. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. Until next time, this is Jim Mingy from the Bozell Studios at 2215 Harney Street, somewhere in middle America.